the inmates running the asylum and all the uh, well, charities. Well, I think it's a good possibility. And I think we better uh, reverse that situation pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, I got a question. You know, we, we always talk about the connection, you know, about, like, Terry, your dad and, and Geigel and, and Stu and, and probably, you know, the, oh my the gosh. Ed McLemore and the... And, and uh, Ganya and, and those Ricky guys. Star and was there somebody the that was guys. Was there somebody that was connected with all them that got all them started and involved? Was there a name there that pushed all them forward a little bit? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, like, you, you know, I, I mean, you talk about, you know, we always talk about the Dungeon and the Heart Foundation and all the guys that came out of there. We talk about all the guys that come from, you know, out of the Amarillo territory all those guys that came that had the the funk connection or the heart connection was there connection with with your dad and and all those guys in that generation before that well i think i think i think that they gathered i think they get a connection the true connection with all of those people we've been talking about uh is that they were all extremely tough son of a bitches yeah. And they truly, they truly, truly were. And all of them uh, could do more than handle themselves. And what they were is they were all the MMA of today running around in the NWA, the National Wrestling yeah. Alliance, because that's what it was at that time. Is That's where the tough guys had to go. And that's where most the tough of them, guys uh, funny went. enough, were pretty quiet they weren't loudmouths or like i, I no, met your all. dad and uh, geigel and i met guys like dick hutton and danny hodge and gordy anko uh, mike dibiase gordy uh, mike and, and uh and uh, ray gunkel and on and on and on uh, ray and Wright, Starr, uh, what a hell of a guy he was he was a tough jim jim right and, and none of them ever seemed to say much you know i'd uh i'd hear that uh gordy anko or bill miller or Oh my gosh! Or Werner, you know those guys were, but not well, too many well, of them I, blew their own I horns think, or I anything. Think, I think those guys, you know, there was an old saying, something like, uh, you know, you didn't have to talk about it if you could, right? I mean, a lot of guys that talk about how bad and tough they are are really sort of building, pumping air into their chest so they can be that way. And a lot of those guys that were legendary for being so, you know, hard, hard, no, not really hardcore, but you know knuckles to the ground and getting after it, those guys didn't have to talk about it. They just did it, right? I mean, they were that sort yeah. of the, the, yeah. yeah. And very few of them were Thank cheap you. shot artists or bullies. You know, I never ever no. heard anyone ever say anything about Geigel or Dick Hutton or Stu or Dory Sr. or uh, Ray Gunkel or any of those guys well, taking Thez. liberties. Let's, or let's not forget uh, him. Luthez, too, you know. I never ever heard anyone talking about any of them uh Stiffing somebody under the guise of working, or you know, uh, breaking somebody's leg just for the hell of it, or some damn thing. You know, they, they, they it was sort of a code of honor amongst that breed too. You know, or they uh, there was a few yeah. guys that uh, deserved to get their asses kicked. You know, <laughs> the Buddy Rogers types. You know, I heard. You know, oh, you know, and, that's uh, a very funny thing that you mentioned that about deserve to get their asses kicked. You know is the ones that uh, deserve to get their asses kicked and the one that deserved 
to get their legs broken, got their legs broken, and got their asses kicked. Yeah. You know, and that's that, and, that's the way it was. And, it was uh, a different the, world, and uh, but it evolved, and and we evolved, and the reason we evolved is because we wanted to, uh, which is absolutely necessary, is we wanted to put a butt butt every 18 inches. And that's what we had to do to stay in existence, is to sell tickets, is what I'm saying. Yep. We evolved, and we've evolved to today with a reason for it to, ev- a reason to evolve that way. And what it is, it's because it's what the people want and what they demand. And yep. that's what we are. The people dictate to us what wrestling is. Yeah, and yeah, I, you know, the, man, the, I agree. The, the I, ticket I, buyers. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. Although Terry, you know, when I go to shows, these in, especially independent shows, uh, I mean, I haven't been to a WWE show in quite a while, but the the when you go to the independent shows, I know so many people walk up to me and and will say to me as I'm leaving the arena or leaving the the armory or whatever it may be, and they'll say, "God, we wish wrestling would." come back that real wrestling like you guys used to do in the 80s you know and i and when they when somebody says that to me i i understand that the ticket buyers are running what vince what vince is doing today but i think there's another group of ticket buyers out there that come back and watch the old style wrestling i really do Uh, well i i think that they are and i think they are watching the old style wrestling today and you know what the old style wrestling today is don't you no sir mma Okay. The MMA. What we did is we evolved. We evolved from being uh, total wrestling, show, total shoot in the 1900s, in early 1900. And we, if you could run a rope between 1900 and 2015, stretch it tight and run along that rope there, and had wrestling evolving, it it evolved. From 1900, when it was truly wrestling, to 19, uh, 2014, and its total entertainment. We were all somewhere along that rope. You I remember Terry. My, my dad Does told me my dad. Sense? My dad was broken in by this old guy named Jack Taylor, who was. Uh, he and uh, Frank Gotch were Farmer Burns's two main guys back in the 1890s and the early part of the 19th, uh, 20th century. But my dad told me that they were like workers back then. But uh, you know, everyone uh, went to far greater lengths to protect the business, and anyone that was uh, smartening up the marks or uh, or uh, breaking kayfabe or whatever the hell, uh, you know, they had to pay some serious consequences for it. You know, it was a pretty, uh, you know, uh, different world. But my dad told me the MMA stuff, like, uh, that was, the business was about like that back in the uh, World War One in the 1920s. And he said all the guys were like that. They all had the cauliflower ears, and, and uh, there was no high spots or... 
not too many gimmick matches or not too many uh, things like that. You know, it was pretty much, you know, uh, about like MMA without the cage, you know. And uh, Well, you and, know, as, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you go ahead. Well, I was going to just say that the MMA guys are are tough, tough son of a guns, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they are. And they've had and, to pay uh, their dues, too. You know, you can't even oh, yeah. get get near the uh, UFC or the whatever without having, you know, been Tough through guys. the ringer for uh, years, you know, a young kid getting stretched and, you know, mauled and your ass kicked by some old shooter, you know. And it was, that was just sort of the way my dad told me he went through uh the ringer as he called it for years and with Taylor and all these old shooters stretching the shit out of him he said it was sort of you know uh, sink or swim he said he finally started getting tough enough to uh you know fight back and hold his own with them and then finally could stretch some of them and I remember hearing him and Luthez and some of those guys talking and uh Thez said he had to go through the same back in the the 30s or whatever, you know, as uh, just part of the the deal, you know, and uh, you either yeah. sort of rose above it or you, uh, you know, didn't uh, make the grade. And uh, but yeah, all those guys you were mentioning are kind of from that era, and I think that's part yes. of the problem with yes. today. You know, the most of the guys, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think they go through that dues paying, so they don't have that much respect for it or for themselves, or you know, and, and well, it comes out in the wash. You know, the marks don't yeah. have that much respect for it either. You know, there's, they see guys well, like. The, what we have evolved to is we we have totally evolved all the way along that road to 2014. Uh, and what we have become is we have become exactly what the ticket paying person wants, and that's our business and what it will be and always will be. Uh, but there's actually uh, two forms of the business, and the other one is uh, it's uh, it's the MMA, and there's a lot of great guys and a lot of guys from our business that are doing well in the MMA today, you know. Um, it's just yeah. it's just a different it's just a different world. It's it's a different world out there, but yet it's the same. I don't know that's difficult well, I, to explain that, but it is. The MMA is it? the same as our business and we're the same as him. Where do you I, see I it going? Well, I, we gotta, I, I gotta throw I gotta throw in one little comment here about that. And, yeah, the, the, you know, the main the, thing that, the main thing that we're both after is buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and true. back and and back in the old days, right? The the sportscasters and the news writers they all typed with typewriters, and now they got tablets and phones and yeah. smart this and smart that. And, you know, and it's like uh, I think Terry and I we talked about it. And I know Bruce and I talked about it this past uh, week ago in Mesquite. They had a big show and. The Von Erich boys flew over and, and wrestled at that show in Mesquite, and and uh, before the night was over, there was a picture on the internet of the boys that wrestled the Von Erich 
boys, and them and Kevin all hugging each other, taking a picture together after the match, but before the night was over. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. how I think that's how the business has evolved, where social media has controlled some of it as well. And 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 yes. uh, you know, I I think I think that because I really as I watch. What Vince is doing up there, and, and as I watched, you know, the Sunday night they have this diva show with the girls, which is to me is great entertainment. I think it's a great show. It's, but a, then it's they a don't wonderful follow, show. But but then they don't follow that on Monday night when they do their wrestling on Monday night. It's like they don't follow what they did on Sunday at all. And I just wonder to myself, has social media gone so far that they don't care what they do and, and when they do it, or is somebody just not paying attention to the – to the clock and knowing that it strikes eight, we got to put an eight up on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think they're. You know, to me, if if they ask me for my opinion, which you're not going to ask, and and I know I don't mean anything. My opinion don't mean anything to them. But as good a show as they have on Sunday night on 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 a not on their network and not on a on a uh, you know some sidewalk uh, entertainment network that a lot of people watch, they got a really good show. And yet they don't follow that storyline that they have on that show on Monday night when they have their other show, and, I, and it's sort of confusing to me. And I don't, know, I don't know where the disconnect is. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I think yeah, I, I agree with definitely I agree with Terry, confusing. Yeah, I agree with Terry. The, the 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 thing about selling tickets or selling pay per views or whatever it is that hasn't changed in this business. Now there's a lot of independent groups no. out there that don't have a concept on selling tickets and filling up buildings and doing that. They're just doing it so they can be a promoter or a wrestler or be involved. But the real people that are doing it, it's still about selling that ticket. It's just how you get that job done. I'm you not know? sure that and, Vinny and them, uh, I think a big part of their problem, among other things, is they got too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people passing the buck, and uh, not that much accountability you know, when something goes well, they all take bows. But when things, uh, you know, when they shit the Very bed, well which is quite often, they uh, they usually point fingers and pass the buck and maybe fire some flunky that was uh, going to get fired anyway and make a, you know, but it seems to be, uh, I see, it, it drives me nuts when I see them pushing a guy like Brock Lesnar and some of that. At the same time, they got this Adam Rose and a bunch of idiots with bunny costumes and whatever coming to the ring and uh, Hornswoggle uh, pretending he's something and uh, the great Cali and all this other shit and uh, and one one negates the other. But you know, uh, whoever's booking Brock Lesnar and pushing that, you know. I'd have trouble believing they're the guy pushing the bunny costume or Hornswoggle or the Divas or the uh, Great Kelly and some of the other, you know. like I know back in the day, uh, you'd go into the dressing room and uh, Amarillo or whatever, there was only one booker, one guy calling, you know, he had all the finishes. Or, it's the same everywhere. And if you had a football team where you had uh, the coaches calling this and another coaches you know, calling for some gimmick play and another one's watching the cheerleaders and all this other, you know, uh, you won't be having a winning team. And it seems like uh, that's a big part of the problem with Finney and them. They uh, they don't know whether they want to take people 
to take them seriously or laugh at them or think they're a soap opera or that the girls got big boobs or whatever. There doesn't seem to be any... Uh, I, I bet if you asked somebody in there, what what is your main direction or what are you seeking to accomplish, uh, you'd probably get 10 different answers. You know, and uh, most other things, I don't think you could uh, succeed at that. You know, it's a testimony to the uh, inherent popularity of the business that they've succeeded with all the, uh, you know, mistakes that have been made and all the uh, embarrassments that they've rendered. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's, I'm not sure if the uh, future is that solid, you know. Uh, well, well, I, I, I know, totally I remember one. With... I, I remember one time asking when I was, when Terry, Terry and I were someplace and I was asking him questions about being NWA champion and stuff, and I'll never forget Terry saying to me that he knew exactly his time frame as champion. So I'm wondering if today, and and we all know back in the day when guys were booking territories, you know, they were three, six, eight, nine months out planning their strategy of what they were doing and what they're doing. Terry, do you think that the WWE today has as long-range plans with what exactly what they're doing as as you did when you were champion? That, that that's a pretty tough question. As the one thing that I do know is that uh, uh, what they have up there is, is they have somebody that is running things, and I know who is turning the key on on the engine and starting that engine and purring on down the road. And he is an absolute maniac. He's a fool. He's an idiot. He's a devious, devious individual. Now, who could that be other than the one person that would try to take over everything in its entirety and possibly do it is none other than that fat, overbearing, obnoxious, egg-sucking dog, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh, wow. Now that's who's up there acting like a fool, acting like he knows everything, being somebody that he isn't. He is the one that is up there that is pushing the buttons. He doesn't even know which buttons he's pushing. But it's Dusty Rhodes that has gotten Vince McMahon's ear, and he has bent it all the way over and cauliflowered the damn thing to where he can't even hear what other people are saying. That's what's happened up there. It's that fat, overbearing, obnoxious, egg-sucking dog, Dusty Rhodes, that is pulling all of the crap up there. He's pulling all of the strings. That's who it is. Nobody knows that. He's got his two kids. What are they? They're the super uh, tag team champions of the world today. Is that right? Stardust. Gold dust. Stardust and moon dust. I don't give a damn what their names are. Dusty Rhodes has taken over 
from Vince McMahon. It is no longer Vince McMahon running the country. It is Dusty Rhodes with his idiot ideas and his abnormal actions and his perverted views on this world today. That's who's trying to run things out of New York is that fat egg sucking dog from Florida. And he's got that telephone hot every day. He's got that hunter's ear. He's got that, what is Vince's daughter's name? My God. Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. That's who it yeah. is. He's got that Stephanie. Stephanie doing running around, uh, jumping around, jumping through a hoop. How does he do that? How can he possibly do that when he's a goddamn moron and always has been? But no, he's got everybody's ear. Dusty Rhodes is running the country. He's ruling the country. What do you figure is going to happen, Terry? Like, uh, what do you figure uh, at some point they, you know, uh, the best thing that ever happened to our business would be for that sob to eat too many burgers and have a heart attack. That would be the best thing that could happen to our country in this day and age. <laughs> That's the best thing that could happen to wrestling. Hell, it's you, probably I, I, the best thing that could happen to the world. Well, I hope I didn't get your blood pressure up too much there. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't. My God, you got my blood pressure up because I, I know I can feel it. It's in the air. I can smell it. I can sniff it. It's Virgil Reynolds. Virgil Reynolds. That's who it is running the world today. When was the last time you saw Vince on TV? It had to be nine months ago, ten months ago. Somebody has locked him up, put him in a closet where he belongs. I'll admit that. But who put him in the closet? We know who put him in the closet. The American dream put him in the closet. That's who put him in the damn closet. That's how sharp he is. You've got to remember that. That that moron was flying around in a goddamn gigantic jet in 1960 or whenever it was, 1965 or 70. I don't know when it was. It was whenever there was a bunch of idiots down there in Atlanta, and he was one of them. And he had them flying all over the country in a jet. In a jet, spending fortunes on everybody, running the damn company. He ran it all right. He ran it. He ran it right into the ground is where he ran it. That's where Dusty Rhodes ran it. Well, then I I have to ask you something because I hear a rumor about what they're working on. I can talk like him, too. Say, Say, where you been, Terry? What you doing? Well, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to make a buck out here while you're on Easy Street, Dusty. That's where he is, on Easy Street. Well, I, I got to ask you a question because I hear a rumor from a, I hear a rumor through the grapevine that next year at WrestleMania, one of the big matches is going to be Stephanie and Triple H against Vince and his son uh, Shane. 
Is that a Dusty Rhodes move there, Terry? Against Vincent Shane. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't. No, of course that's not right. Of course that's not right. Uh, you've got too many other places for him to go. You got too many other places for him to go. You know. Uh, I think that you'll probably have something. You know, is uh, I think since Dusty has got the pencil now, I think it'll probably be uh, him against uh, Steph and some kind of uh, special stipulated match. You know, and and some kind see- of perverted bullshit. <laughs> Do you see Dusty with, uh, with him coming and, uh, back? Him and Steph and him doing uh, malicious, exotic things to her or something, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't just, I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that one. I, I just... Uh, uh, I've heard that rumor floating around, and I thought... Yeah, well, I heard know, that, that rumor, uh, too, about Dusty doing that with... Steph and being there in the main event, and, uh, and, and uh, you know. So you think one. Dusty's gonna? You think Dusty's gonna come back and work? How could he possibly come back and work? He could well, never. Know. He could never work. He never did well, work. He doesn't know okay. how to work. Okay. Well, then how could I he mean, come he, back? He, he might get in the ring, but it's not going to be I, working. I'm sorry it's about my dramatics there. I, yeah, I, I said that wrong. I, I need to. They, they had yeah. me to be an auctioneer last night, so my lips are sort of bouncing back and forth. So I apologize for that. Yeah. So you're saying Dusty's going to get back in the ring? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He's got some amazing visions. You know, he's got visions of going right on through. Uh, you know, is uh, right on through the whole uh, group of them. You know, he has visions of uh, running over everybody in the company. Wow. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what's going to happen too. So, so Bruce, so so now that we've heard that from Terry, I have to hear you tell the tell the story about when because uh, uh, you said for many years up there that that he was one of the guys that Vince didn't really trust. So now all of a sudden Ooh, he's oh, changed that changed oh, that street, huh? Uh, oh, back in the day, I, I remember back in the eighties, uh, and you probably remember it too, Terry, but uh. Dusty was then with, uh, I don't know who, Barnett or the uh, whoever was running against Vinny back in those days. And they were they were doing all kinds of stuff to kind of mock Dusty. You know, I remember they brought that black guy in. They missed D. Jones and called him Virgil. And then they, uh, that was, I was told, just to piss Dusty off, you know. And then, uh, then they when they did finally bring Dusty in, they had that this big fat black girl named Sapphire that was kind of uh, supposed to be his valet, and I told that was well. I, I'll tell you something about Sapphire. She really had the hots for him. I could never figure that out. <laughs> I was told that was almost kind of uh, by design. That was to uh, kind of piss him well, off. I think or she whatever. really had the hots for him, you know. Uh, don't know what the situation was there. But yeah, you just hear rumors, you know, and uh Yeah. But yeah, I'm where do you see things going, Terry? Do you think that will uh, finally somebody will open their eyes or will just continue to go that direction? 
all right, I'm going to stop my bullshitting again. I want to tell you the truth is I, I really think that they're headed in a good direction. I don't think that they're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, I think that they've got a very good bunch of people, and I think that there's a lot of them that, uh, you know, they 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 are going the right way. They they really are. They're going. They're following the public. They're following what the public wants, uh, which is very different from what it wanted before. Very yeah. different from anything that we ever we ever did. And I just being a silly idiot there for a little while. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, people out there for putting <laughs> me up there acting so silly. But yeah, is uh, I think that they are headed in the right direction and the direction is uh it's the direction that the people want you know I often wonder it, what it's direction what, the people what they demand and what they want and what they'll come through the uh, turnstile for that's what our business is and that's what it's always been and that's what it'll continue to be in I'm not you know, sure what the, whether the public knows what the hell they want anymore, though they've had so much. Well, uh, you know, that's what you're saying is probably a very, very, very truthful statement that they don't know what they want, and they really don't. And that uh, and at uh, some point you can't near, let the tail wag the dog. Damn on a daily basis, you know. You can't. You know, it's uh, pretty much of a different world out there, and I think that we. I think we understand it, and uh, I think everybody uh, pretty much understands it. But uh, I know back in the day, Terry, it? I don't think we can. I think back in the day, I remember you and I have had that conversation too. But my dad told me back in the uh, late '40s, early '50s, the uh, he used to call it the Jack Pfeffer syndrome. But he said there was a bunch of these kind of uh, promoters that were going overboard on the gimmicks and they had had a little bit of success with Gorgeous George and some of the the lady wrestlers and the midgets and the freaks and geeks and stuff and uh but my dad said you know it started getting too far out and uh he said finally the you know the old school types like himself and your dad and uh some of those other old uh old school types, the Steckers maybe in the Crockett's and some of them uh you know, said we gotta uh steer it back to uh the middle of the road, you know, where people yes. take it seriously, uh where wrestling's the main theme, not uh bullshit or tits and ass or you know, freaks and geeks and bullshit and uh and my dad said that sort of sanity prevailed and they kind of uh had the strap on a guy like Luthez, and they had uh, kind of a return to the middle of the road, and that that, that sustained it, you know. And uh, I remember uh, people like yourself and uh, your brother Dory and um, Pat O'Connor and guys like that. They were the guys that were sort of the uh, you know the guys wearing the ch- the, the belts and all were the uh, you know the real deal, you know. And they still had a few territories, like the Cheeks territory and 
some of those places that they were going overboard on gimmicks and stuff. But uh, for the most part, it was the wrestling. Those guys like you and Dory and Billy Robinson and uh, guys like that that were uh, sustaining it. And I think it needs to go back to that. But the big problem is there's not enough guys out there that uh, when I go through the roster, even right now in the WWE, there's even if you had the intention of having legit wrestling, uh, there's not that many guys on that roster that can work, that actually can do what you or Junior or Pat O'Connor or Luthez or uh, Jack Briscoe or guys like that could do, you know. They're few and far between. You know, they got more guys like The Miz and uh, guys wearing blue jeans and, you know, uh, guys with weird haircuts and all the other stuff that are, they're like the rule rather than the exception, you know. And uh, at some point, I think they, if they're going to survive or... uh, you know, uh, whatever. That I think they need to uh, restore that, and I don't know. If that's a, a possibility. Cause back in the day when you did it, there was uh, all these places like we were alluding to before, like Amarillo and Calgary, and maybe Minneapolis and Portland, and some of those places. And that's where all the talent was coming from. And you're also sustaining the the fans at the grassroots level in all those places. Nowadays, uh, they don't have any of those territories. They don't have any workers, and all the only workers they're developing right now are coming out of uh, NXT or whatever, which is, you know, the same that's Dusty and uh, whoever else, you know, are developing the, uh, you know, the guys, you know, like the Adam Rose and the Bunny you know, on that entourage and all that bullshit, but there's not too many uh, workers and all these uh, other bullshit promotions that are across the country, the backyard promotions or whatever. None of them are, they don't even uh, realize what wrestling is. They're all trying to be a second-rate copy of any stuff. You know, everyone's got a costume and a gimmick and a a valet and uh, all that other, but... um, most of them don't even know what the hell wrestling is, or they don't know how to work a hold or build to a climax or uh, get each other over or any of that stuff. You know, it's all, uh, and if, if you'd even mention that to them, they tune you out. They think you're full of shit or they think you're living in the past or something like that. And, but I think at some point they, uh, they need to go back to that or they'll... Uh, in my estimation, go the way of vaudeville or disco or whatever the hell you know. Uh, and, well, I, I uh, think I think a few weeks ago, you know, there was uh, Ric Flair said on the show when we were all all together on on this same show, you know, and and I want to tell everybody you're listening to Heartbeat Radio and Terry Funk, Bruce Hart, and myself, Johnny Mantell. But a few weeks ago, Ric Flair said in the dressing room at WWE, you know, he somebody asked him for his opinion and he gave it, and then he heard that same person asking somebody if they should listen to Rick or not. And I think that's really a, boy, is that a, you know, a fly on the wall looking down at the product making a comment about it. I th- to me, I take that's it fine. as a pretty interesting fact because if Rick Flair or Terry or Dory or, or you know, Luthez, and I've been in, in dress room with Gene Kaninsky and, and, and Danny Hodge and all these guys you're talking about, if they said something to you, you know, you pretty much it was like getting a pretty good check, and it, it was no doubt it was gonna gonna be cashable and everything. 
you listened and took that knowledge and, oh, and put you, it in you were honored. Market. I know if you I was honored young, to get that. If I was you a know, young so headbanger and Dory or Terry or Harley or Fez or any of those guys even thought enough of me to give me some advice, I was flattered and uh, it was like the ultimate compliment that they even gave a damn about me or saw fit that I, I was worthy of giving some advice to, you know, and uh, they, they, you know, anytime you get a guy like Flair or Terry or yourself or whatever, giving them some advice, you should shut the hell up, you know, listen and, uh, you know, absorb every bit of it and, you know, and maybe ask them if there's anything else they can give you and hopefully they might give you a bit more, but uh, that's the way it used to be in the, uh, the old days, uh, you know, the You'd be riding around uh, after the match on the way, you know, to Lubbock or to Abilene or Regina or wherever, you know, whatever town you were going to. And uh, that's where you got schooled all the time. That's one of the things that's missing, you know. You used to learn as much on the road just riding around in the the vehicles and uh, you'd be a captive audience. And if one of the old uh, veterans uh, saw fit to even uh, speak to you, he just uh, absorb every damn thing, and it was a hell of a learning process. You know, you used to get uh, schooled, as they used to say. And uh, these days, most of those guys don't even uh, listen to the old farts. They tune them out, and uh, you know. And most times, there's not even any opportunity uh, to hear or have any of these guys give you any advice. You know, I, I don't even know who in the WWE. Today is, uh, you know, even maybe fit to uh, be schooling the uh, the young guys. You know, I can't think of too many veterans that have. Very hard to do. Yeah, it's a different world. Very but, hard uh, thing to do. It's uh, right. That's right. Terry, Terry, when you were young, who was who were those people in those car trips for you? Those those elder statesmen that you listened to and heard the stories from just, and stuff. I mean, I know your dad, guys, but... I, I watched so many of them in the garage and listened to them late at night, and all of them, all of the great ones. All of the great ones, you know, is uh, Mike DiBiase was a great one. Uh, uh, Lou, listen to Lou. Uh, Ricky listen, Starr, maybe. Listen to him, oh, Ricky Starr. I listened to my father. I listened to uh, Bob Geigel. I listened to... You know, as I grew up in the business, you know, and old Sweet up, Hansen uh, and Rip Hawk and uh, some of those guys. All, all of those guys. Ronnie Etchison. There's so many of them that uh, I could just go on and on and on and on and on and uh, you know. And they they were all uh, fiercely protective of the business too. You know, it was uh, anytime you anytime you disrespected the business or. Somebody uh, heard that you were smartening up a mark or doing anything like that. Uh, yeah. I remember those. And some of them were scary guys like Gordianko and Lindsay. And some of them, you know, if, oh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, if they called you aside to uh, admonish you for some of that shit, quite often you got your ass stretched, or it was it wasn't just yeah. uh, somebody uh, casually saying, "Oh, by the way, I heard you're." Smarting up ring rats or something, and quite often they'd maybe uh, you know haul you out or uh, kick your ass or whatever you know. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, 
it was like that. I you know, I remember hearing one story about your dad and that old. There's some old actor named Sebastian Cabot who was. Uh, he was apparently doing an interview in uh, some TV studio and he was knocking the business. And I, I heard that Dory Senior showed up at the TV studio and uh, stretched his ass on the spot or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, he did that a lot of times, and uh, but that was necessary at that time, you know. And and you know, it's, I really, I really think that you know because of the era that we're in right now, and because of the people that are running the television shows and doing things, that uh, maybe they're doing more right than they are doing wrong. Uh, I'm not yeah, trying to stick totally up for them, but it's a strange world out there now, and it's not the same as it was for all of those years. And I think you both will agree with me on that. Oh, yeah. Do you ever see, Terry, where they can, you know, adopt some of those old schools, like, I've often wondered, you know, like like when I came up and same with you and Johnny, uh, it, it was just the norm to kayfabe and to uh, defend the business, you know. I yeah. remember when I was a kid, you know, I'm sure it was the same with you guys. You'd still have, you know, there was still, you know, his wrestling phony. There was all the uh, skeptics even, you know. My dad told me they were around back in the 20s, you know, guys saying it was fake or it was a work and uh and that was why my dad would stretch guys or, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, I've often wondered if, uh, you know. Well, you know, it was necessary to stretch people back in because we were coming back to the same towns week after week after week after week, and we could not be entertainment and draw at that time, you know, and come back to the same town. We we had to be real, and we... Uh, my father uh, was real as far as I was concerned, and and uh, so were yeah, those guys just... we were talking about. I mean, you and I, they were as real as they could be, the toughest son of bitches in the world. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, many a time when I was a little kid sneaking down to the dungeon, and um, you'd get these big football players like Billy Graham, who was broke in, and some of these big muscle heads and whatever, and you'd see them crying like little babies or getting the shit stretched out of them and screaming uh, to Stu or Lindsay or Gordienko or whatever to not spare them or whatever the hell. But uh, it, that was all just part of the uh, the deal back then, you know. And that uh, it was it was necessary as far as what they knew as far as the business was. You know, as far as my father, your father, and the people that were involved in the business at that time, it was all of that was necessary. Uh, and uh, they 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 had they had the respect of the people in the town. And uh, was it was it a good way to do it? Uh, it was the only way at the time. I yeah. think that's what you got to look at because 
We came back week after week after week, 52 weeks a year into these towns. And the necessary way was that you had to be the toughest people in the world, and that's what wrestlers were at that time and thought to be. And a lot of them, and, and a lot of them they were. I've often wondered, Terry, if there's any... Uh... I've never felt there was as much need as there seems to be for discussing the business in a working sense or telling the world that so-and-so is dropping the strap at the next pay-per-view or the next WrestleMania we're going to shoot an angle and have so-and-so fight so-and-so. I've never found my own opinion. uh, It's like some guy in a card game showing his damn cards, you know, I've never found that that was that necessary, or I always thought it was counterproductive. But I still, I still feel that way. But I, I don't know whether that will ever change. You know, it seems to be this age of open disclosure where every uh, everybody's telling everybody who's winning the belt, who's turning heel, who's turning face, who's you know. Uh, doing a job and all the other and I've never still you know maybe I'm old school but I still can't frankly fathom the rationale or the can't justify I think that's a wonderful way to put it whenever you put it last last deal there's there's definitely a difference uh, between uh, me and you and Johnny and the people of today in the business, what yeah, I'm it? sure I'm sure you totally used, agree. Like, use the right use the right term, and it is a totally different profession. And we are from the old school, and they are from this school. And if, there is no more. There's very little relationship between the two of them. At some point, I wonder if they they need to maybe go back to old school to a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. I. Uh, oh, I think they mean to go back to. Well, of course I do because that's what I loved, and that's what you loved, and that's what Johnny loved. But uh, I, I frankly uh, could never fathom, you know, going to all the lengths to shoot a hot angle and have some heat and some heel double cross the face or do whatever, you know. Uh, but be telling everybody beforehand we're going to do that, you know. A complete, uh, you know, I could never wrap my head and still can't wrap my head around if you go to all the trouble to have Brock Lesnar fight The Rock at the next uh, WrestleMania or whatever the hell. uh, At no point should you be uh, smart, you know, telling everybody, oh, Dwayne Johnson's coming back and he's going to shoot an angle at Royal Rumble and Paul Heyman's going to do this. And uh, I, I. I still can't wrap my head around that mindset, you know, yet I see them doing it uh, all the time, and nobody seems to, nobody stands up. That's why, that's why you and I, that's why you and I are, are, we're old school, and I think it's the best school. I think it's the most wonderful school. I think they've got a different school that they went to. I think that, uh, they grew up not watching the Mike DiBiase's. They, uh, those kids grew up watching the Hulk Hogan's. Uh, 
And I have nothing wrong with against the law, Hulk or any of them. It's just it's a different breed of cat that's in the ring. You know, and we hey, grew well, up watching other people. It's just it's like weird. an old it's an old saying: the more things change, the more they stay the same. I've often heard that. You yeah. know, yeah. I've often wondered if at some point they're gonna. You know, I almost think that I still hope that'll happen. That where they almost uh, somebody says, "Whoa, uh, people actually think this might be for real," or you know, almost like they've uh, re- discovered the uh, you know some you know, and you know, uh, at times I wonder if that will happen. You know, after they've gone about as far as they can with the gimmicks and the tits and ass and the mock comedies and the bullshit, you know, at some point, uh, what if we actually... uh, Are they going to kill it? (laughs) I'm not sure if they have to uh, crash and burn before they can emerge from the ashes or somebody (laughs) might open their eyes before the effing uh, plane crashes and say, uh, maybe we got to, you know, uh, let the fans actually, you know, maybe we don't have to tell everybody on the internet or the smart mark dirt cheats or whatever the fuck uh, that uh, it's all at work or you know you know but I don't know you know I, I remember my dad used to when he was alive say that at some point they were going to have to uh, you know uh, get to that level to where you know people had finally tuned it out and my dad said that was the biggest reason UFC was getting over was just because uh, people, uh, their intelligence wasn't being insulted. They just, you know, it was basically just two guys fighting and uh, people That's true. believed it. And uh, my dad said that, he said the wrestling had kind of gone that route back in the Jack Pfeffer days where they deviated so much that, and then, then it was like the Luthezes and the Dick Huttons and the Mike DiBiases and the Dory Funk Seniors that kind of, uh, you know, took the wheel before the damned uh, thing hit the uh, rocks, you know, and uh, kind of steered it back. And my dad said it wasn't an easy, uh, it didn't happen overnight either. It took uh, a fair bit of uh, kind of, uh, you know, re-educating the people he said the bottom line was that the marks wanted to believe and he almost had to go back to uh the wall tights and the <laughs> that routine you know there was you know uh in some of the places like uh nick Ulises never seemed to ever <laughs> you know go yeah. back anyway you know but uh but uh but i remember you guys were a big part of that uh renaissance back in the late 60s and 70s with you know Dory and Briscoe and yourself and Harley and that bunch you know and uh, I, I was just sort of a young headbanger then but I was like wow you know the wrestling's the uh, the main thing again you know they, it had run the gamut of all the gimmicks and the bullshit uh, back in the and most people think that that stuff wasn't around then, but there was more gimmicks and horseshit in the 50s as much then as there was now, you know, with the Jack Pfeffer types and the uh, all the crap, you know. And, and, but 
I'm not sure if uh, you know there's a few different factors now with the uh, the internet and the smart marks and the bullshit that uh, I'm not sure if uh, you know wrestling can uh, reinvent itself or not. You know, it's hard to tell. But That's I think at the word. very least, yeah, That's I think a good at the very least to reinvent. Hey, I'm going to invent something. Huh. I got somebody holding that we're going to bring on the air with us tonight. I, I want everybody to know you're listening to Heartbeat Radio. Bruce Hart is your host. Uh, uh, Terry Funk's our guest tonight. I'm the guest uh, sort of assistant here, Johnny Mantell. But I'm going to bring on somebody from the past, Alexis Smirnoff. Welcome to the show tonight. How are you? Pretty good yourself. Good Hello. to have you, uh, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's my I, pleasure. I, yeah, and your old buddy Terry Funk. I, I'm told you guys are uh, old. Yeah. You guys have uh, been down the Traveled road many the a time. Together. Traveled the yes. world together. Traveled the world together. We surely <laughs> did. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. And I, I remember the day you used to call me Doobie Doobie back in 1974. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly I, right. Yeah, I gotta tell you something, Terry. Happy birthday, by the way. I know it was last week. Thank yeah, you. I sent you an email, but anyway, uh, you're exactly right, uh, guy. What you're talking—it's unbelievable. Um, I gotta tell you something, Terry. I got a souvenir from you and your brother, uh, Dory Fong Jr. I gotta tell you one of the best match in my life that I watched. It was you. It was on a tournament. And it was you against Dory in Japan. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. Yeah, you remember you went an hour Broadway and you yes, had the I people do. stand. You had oh. the people stand up. And here I was watching you. I mean, you know, I was not a mark. I know it's a work, but I mean, two brothers. I mean, and you had the people stand up. Unbelievable. The people, the, all the little girl was saying, Terry, 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 Terry. <laughs> I yeah, remember all the, that. All of the grandmothers would say, Terry, Terry. Yeah. Terry. <laughs> but it was one of one of the greatest matches I ever watched in my life. And I saw a lot well, of it. You know, I mean. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. It's always, I always enjoyed every time that I got into the ring with you and uh, uh, considered you an excellent performer and always will. Okay, uh, thank you. Appreciate and, that. And, and you are. And you are. You are. And, Bob, and, I learn uh, every time. I, we appreciate you coming to Amarillo and uh, staying down there. And and uh, and this is the honest, this sounds like I'm some kind of idiot or something, but every night you worked your ass off and gave 100% and for the $25 shows and for the $500 shows. You yeah, got that you right. the same. You know, I got to tell you, yeah, I always did work hard, always did the best I could, you know. And uh, another match, then, uh, I won't forget, it's you in New York with uh, Nick Foley when you're on a forklift and uh, you're with the, 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 the fork up front, you know, and you're putting this on him. I mean, I was you guys were going crazy, crazy. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, 
A forklift? Sure you when you jumped was, on the forklift? Yeah, yes, it was, and it was uh, all very dangerous at that time and just sure. stupid. But uh, at that time, if you'll remember, is uh, Vince was uh, uh, he wasn't the number one show as uh, WCW oh, yeah. was the number one show at the time, and we were trying yeah. to get back in the driver's seat and. Doing whatever yeah. we could to do it, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, we did our best to, you know. You know, and another uh, thing too, <laughs> I, uh, I spent about ten years uh, in Japan right now in uh, California. I spent about ten years in Atlanta, and I was talking with Abdullah the Butcher, and he was telling me, then you, with the fork and Abdullah in your arms, in nineteen back in nineteen eighty one when you knew he was. Uh, taking over a little bit, and yeah. you guys need to come back. And you guys yeah. start that hangle with the fork. That was awesome. That was awesome. And you guys did brought back the territory. You, you know, that's back, the funny thing. We were talking about Vince and this and that and everything else, you know, and, and the things that make things happen in the business is, uh, is survival. And you got that whatever right. is needed to survive is what you're going to do. Exactly. You know? You're exactly right. Yeah, and, and yeah. we're going to do whatever it is, whether it's uh, forks or whatever it is, you know. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, but uh, had a lot of great matches with you through the years and enjoyed getting in the ring sure. with you every time that I did. And Me that's too. True. Me too. God, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't I learn get to every... see many of my friends anymore, and you're one of them. I know. Thank you. Because... I know. I saw you. I saw you at the Cauliflower Alley, and uh, it was a pleasure to, to see you. And it's always a pleasure to see you all the time. But and uh, by the way, where do you think the business going? Uh, honestly and seriously, is I think that the business is doing more business now than than it ever did because uh-huh. what you have to consider the business. What is the business? It's the wrestling business. What is the yeah. wrestling business? Well, it's Vince McMahon and it's uh you know, all the places around the world where wrestling is. But we gotta also remember it's MMA too. Yeah. And we are an off uh they are they are they are wrestling, and oh, they yeah. are doing big business. We got to remember that, you know. They are wrestling. Yeah. They are wrestlers. They are doing yeah. business. So, if you take their the volume that they're doing in the world today and the volume that WWE is doing, it's astronomical figures. So, I think uh, wrestling. Um, uh, uh, I think Vince is going to be around here for a long, long time. And I think I don't see any end to him. And I don't see any end to the W, I mean, to the uh, MMA either. You know? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, yeah, exactly. I I admire those guys, too. I like a lot of them. I think a lot of them are great athletes, and uh, a lot of them are good entertainers on top of being great athletes in the MMA. Yeah, you got you that know? right. You got that, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Canada's well, was, got a lot of those boys coming out of there. Yes, yes. yes. I think at yeah. some point you're going to have 
MMA and WWE having to uh, almost converge. Like I think MMA is going to have to work more like wrestling, have angles and storylines and heels and faces and some of that. And at the same time, well, I, think I think WWE yeah. is going to have to have more serious fighting or more appearance of I a think shooter. That, or I think that I think you're true. I think you're so right there, Bruce. Yeah, is I, I think, think so. they're gonna they're gonna come back. I don't think that they and and this is the only place that I differ is I think they're gonna come back that way. I think the MMA is going to do things a little more colorful, and I, I think, think it needs to. WWE need to a, needs to do things a little more legitimate. Yeah, and I, I think, think whoever that, does it best will uh, yeah. uh, merge. Uh, I, I, I yeah, they're coming back. Yeah, it's, I don't think they'll ever make it together. <laughs> but I think they both will. They both have to bend back towards each other. Yeah, at at some point, I think Vinny and them need to re-sow the seeds at the grassroots. We were discussing that before, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, like uh, there's not enough guys that, out there that can work, but. Beyond all that, uh, you need to re-sow the seeds at the grassroots with the marks. Like back in the day, there was a hardcore group of marks in uh, every territory, and there was like 30 territories in Amarillo and Florida and, you know, uh, Carolina yeah. and KC and Minneapolis and whatever. But those marks were getting uh, six, seven shows a week, every week uh, in every territory in uh and they were you were sustaining the and they're bringing their kids and their grandparents and all like that. Like I think at some point WWE needs to uh, keep that in mind because I know they come to Calgary maybe once every year and a half or something like that. And uh, they used to get 52 weeks a year up here in every town and the same like down in Amarillo or Lubbock or Abilene or. Albuquerque or whatever, you know, every week you had, I don't know how often they come to Amarillo, maybe once a year or something, but uh, I don't know whether you can sustain your grassroots with that, you know, and I know most of the time when they do come up here, unless it's a TV show or or something like that, they don't even, uh, they give them a bare bones show and half the time the matches are, you know, walkthroughs, they don't even... uh, perform you know they just kind of go out go through the motions uh give them uh, a short bullshit match and leave you know and most of the fans kind of feel like they've been ripped off you know i'm not sure if you can sustain your fan base with that that type of uh treating the marks or the fans like that you know so i don't know you know i've, I've wondered a lot of that stuff for a long time but um but like like you and I were saying, I think at some point, I think uh, MMA and WWE are almost going to have to, you know, kind of merge. And Stu told me back in the I, day. I, that's don't, all. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not trying to cut in on you, but I don't think yeah. that they'll ever merge. But no, they will become I, closer, they'll become more and more alike. Oh, yeah, I don't ever see them merging. WWE, I think they're, yeah, I WWE think their styles. I think their styles need to convert. Like uh, WWE has to become more of a shooter, 
MMA needs to become more of a work, you know, if that's the word for it, you know. You know, where you got... Probably you know, the MMA, because they can drift that way and not work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking about doing business, you know, drawing money. They can they can go that way, they can talk that way and everything and still get in the ring and uh, have a shoot, and that's fine. And that's... Uh, <laughs> And that does big business for them, and you understand that. So, in a way, it's manipulating, but it's it's manipulating your people to buy tickets. But I'm not saying they necessarily have to even go ahead and work a match. They can shoot a match, but they yeah. uh, will continue At on some to point, you know, closer you... and closer with the interviews and everything else. Angles That's all boxing did with, as, as you would recall, with Muhammad Ali and all. He was just sort of a, a takeoff yeah. of the wrestlers back in the '60s, and you know, yeah. it, it was huge. Though you know, he he was kind of like the, uh, they made out like it was kind of some hot new uh, outrageous whatever, and I remember my dad saying it was just a takeoff of Gordon George and Buddy Rogers and. Uh, you know, whoever the hell the the heels, the sweet daddy seekies and all of them at the time, yeah. you know, and I am the greatest, you know, the same stuff that Seeky and Gordon George and uh, uh, Mike TVOS here, whoever were, had been saying for years, you know, and all of a sudden it was, but, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Terry, I'm going to need to uh, let you go, and Bruce uh, also. Uh, it was uh, a pleasure to talk to you, Terry. And, uh, no, you Bruce can't also. go. No, please don't leave us. Hey, uh, I heard, I heard that you retire completely now. Uh, yeah, I am. I am retired. I am done. I, Are you uh, still having that match, Terry, with Neil Mask? My butt. I'm done. Are you still having okay. the uh, the? Uh, I think Terry was supposed to be working with Neil Maskelis and. Uh, Japan uh, coming up. Maybe, maybe I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Terry, I love you. Okay, and I'll talk to you later. Too. Okay. To okay, stay all day. Take it okay, easy now. I will. Good okay, night, bye. Okay, Thanks very much. Bye. Uh, yeah, okay, nice hearing welcome. from you, M Michelle. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Did you... Did you just conveniently forget about the match with Mill, or is that a on and off thing? What Mill? Yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, I'm gonna have to take him on. That's it. I'm gonna just have to wear him out over there, you and, know. It's, and and uh, what's the date? And what's the date for this match, Terry? It's uh, I think it's November. It's December something. December. What the hell are you asking for all these dates for? I can't remember them. I got Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me dates. I, I know you're. I know you're training. I know you told me the other day you're training hard for it. You're riding that bike every day and getting ready. I, I'm. Uh, I'm jazzed, man. I, I'd like to just go carry your bag and and uh, you know walk you to the ring and back <laughs> yeah. and forth. Is that match going to be yeah. a, a oh, pay-per-view or anything to, yeah. like that, Terry? You have to carry me to the ring and carry me back. <laughs> uh, is that is, match going to be? I hope that I hope it's not taped. If it is, I hope they can maintain that thing into the 
perimeter of Japan and not let it escape anymore. <laughs> people, I don't want people to see me anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, getting pretty old, getting pretty ugly. Who's uh, which promotion is that for, Terry? Uh, you know, I'll be damned if I know. <laughs> no, it's a Japanese promotion, and uh, which one it is is I right now I don't know. You know, I mean, you're asking it, me. All I know long, is that I talked to Ina and one of the promoters over there, and he said he wants me over there, and they gave me a guarantee and a contract, so I'm going. And I really don't know which organization it's for. Now, that sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. Oh, <laughs> as long as the check doesn't bounce, I guess that's the... Well, that's exactly right. You know? And uh, really and truthfully is uh, the check won't bounce. <laughs> and, you know, I just know that, you know. Any, any uh, of the other American guys uh, still making... Japan trips, Terry, that you know of? Or somebody told me Abby uh, was there's, Well, doing there's, a uh, I think Abby might be going over there on the occasion, just like I go over on an occasion. Uh, but there's a lot of good boys, you know, independent boys and stuff that are coming out of the United States and uh, a lot of the independent boys that are coming out of England and uh, Europe, you know, and they've... Uh, They've got a real bunch of good crews over there, you know. What's the and, style uh, over there now? Is it uh, like I remember back in the very, day? Uh, very, very, uh, uh, very, you know, uh, not as much, but uh, very stiff, uh, very Davy Boy, uh, dynamitish. You know, yeah, like I remember back in the day, thing. the Japs were like Ricky Dozan types and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's still a stiffer types. form of stiffer form of work. That same stiff form of work, but a very solid, great thing, uh, watchable performance that they all give you, and uh, you watch it and you admire them for it. You know, they do a do a great job still, over there. Not just uh, not just that one organization. I'm going with, but all of them, you know, they work their butts off over there. Are there you still know? any of the uh, old guys from uh, the 70s, 80s still working? Uh, not not really. Like not really. Uh, Just, uh, Fujinami you know, or any of those guys? Or? I think Fujinami might, might do just the same thing that I do occasionally. And Oki doesn't... You no, know, not uh, steady. Occasionally, very occasionally, you know, uh, it has changed. And uh, but they got a lot of the good young guys, you know, that are that are doing well over there. You know, uh, are they still and, working enough to uh, get better? Like I, I know my nephew Harry goes over there, works. Uh, Harry goes over there for a good organization, works his ass off, and does a good job. And yeah. uh, he's very well accepted over there. He does yeah. very well over there. Harry does. 
He told me a big part of the problem over there was too many of the uh, Japanese guys were trying to uh, work like the WWE guys, and he said uh, he was always telling them that uh, just stick to your Japanese style is what gets you over. You know, don't try to be uh, yeah, yeah, like the Miz or the Rock or whatever. You know, and uh, that type of thing. You know. Yeah, it's. Uh... But uh, basically, you know, is uh, they have they have exceptional matches over there, you know. Uh, and Harry uh, and Harry has exceptional matches over there too. He does a wonderful job over there for him. What, what group still, does he go for, Bruce? Do you know what group um, he goes for? I'm not even sure. You know. Uh, yeah. And it's funny, back in the day, it was always just Baba or Anoki or the, the, that other uh, IWGP or whatever the hell it was. But yeah. but uh, I heard there's like uh, 20, 30 promotions over there now. I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know which is. Um, somebody told me Anoki was kind of getting back involved in some way or other. And I'm not sure if Baba is. Uh, I heard that that maybe several Bob years ago. Much, that, uh, yeah, Bob his is wife not. his wife was doing something with uh, somebody, and then I heard it was kind of going sideways. That, and, yeah, I think that went sideways. Uh, but uh, well, I think still, I think you know, like I think Stan still makes a trip now and then, and like you said, Abby does and Terry does. I think there's still some of the names that make that trip over there and, and do some good for the business over there. And, and and that's the way it should be, you know. I think those guys should be honored and brought back and and give the, the people over there that blast from the past. I think it's, uh, it's good for business, as Terry said. You know, the business is just a little different. I know, I know it's, it's fascinating when, when, we, when Kay and I go up in, in uh, May to the Hall of Fame in Amsterdam, New York, and you see these pictures of, from the 30s and the 40s, and everybody in the audience has on suit and ties, and you you see matches back of the early days of the Funks and and Baba and and and, and uh, his partner Fujinami over there, and, 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 yeah, and, and all and all and all the and all the Japanese people. You see them all in ties and jackets, and you know it's uh, uh, and then you go to de- you know we're sort of comparing the two eras, and you go to today and. Everybody's in T-shirts and light and lighters and and holding up signs and and so it's uh you know that's part of the change as well I think. Well, you know, as, as I, but I think that that happened. You know, and I know that you totally agree with this, but you know, and and what I'm going to say, but I mean, it's just what you're saying is so very very true, and it's true of the world. You go ahead and you. Um, to give you an example of the same thing overall is getting on an airplane. Uh, 25, 30 years ago, you got on an airplane in a suit and tie. Now you get on there, you wear shorts, you wear, you see people dressed any way they want to dress. Flip-flops. You know, and... Flip-flops and all of that. And that's, that's just a time change. And that's, you know, just exactly what you, you were saying there about our business, you know, it evolved, but so many other things in this world have evolved, too. I was some in good the... ways, some bad. 
I was told that one of the big initiatives right now that WWE has is trying to sell this 24-7 network in England and yeah. Asia and Japan and all this other, but uh, I'm surprised they, for whatever reason, Vinny's never really, uh, WWE never seems to have ever really established anything uh, with Japan. Every now and then they would bring in a couple of these little uh, Japanese guys and have them get squashed. And they had Yokozuna, who wasn't even a Jap, you know, as a Samoan or whatever, you know, as a mock Jap. But uh, hardly ever do I recall them ever really uh, having any, you know, and especially with Japan where the wrestling's perceived to be a lot more legit and all. You figure they would have at some point... Uh, brought some of the Japanese guys that were, you know, guys like Fujinami types or Sakaguchi or Tenaru or some of those guys and uh, done something, you know, and I, I'd still think that that would be they, a good direction they, for them to go now. I, I'm, I'm in agreement, you know, total agreement, but, uh, you know, they have done this with other parts of the country, you know, they've done it with uh, so many different guys from so many different countries and brought them in and put them over from England to Australia to wherever they might be from, you know, and whenever they go in there with their tours, they go yeah. with them, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, Japan, I'm surprised that they haven't picked up a Japanese guy, but do they go to Japan that much? Is it is it that is it that uh, financially uh, profitable to them to even go over there? I don't know. You if know. I was them, I'd be trying to work, you know, with say like back in the day with Anoki. Like I don't know that they need to be taking over, you know, the promotion in Japan. Uh, you know, it'd be better for them, and it would serve more purposes if they were. Uh, working with them, you know, and having, just like in the old days, you know, when... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, know, that's, not, that's not their M.O. <laughs> no, and that's, I think, been oh. part of their problem, you know, they've, uh, which is what we were talking about before, they've kind of killed the grassroots because rather than uh, letting places like Amarillo or uh, Calgary or Minneapolis uh, continue... Yeah to develop talent and be a place that they could send boys when they need to give their faces a rest and do all that. Uh, they felt compelled to just eliminate and, uh, you know, destroy, you know, bring to their knees any all those promotions. And I guess they figured they were a threat or a competition, but uh, I think they need to adopt a different mindset. Like if I was going to Japan, if I was Vinny, I'd be you know, all over trying to work with them, you know, to me, yeah. it, uh, I don't know whether Vinny's even got enough time or whatever else to go over and establish his own promotion in Japan, you know, it's a lot easier said than done, better to go over there and, or would have been in the day with Baba or Anoki and, you know, swap talent yeah. and all that well, other I think I, I just think that uh, we're looking at uh, 
they're a different product. Is what they are. Uh, yeah. We were. They have changed it so much that they are a totally different product. I'm not and, sure if they've uh, changed it for the better. You know, I, I think well, if you ask them, I think uh, I right think, now the product they have is not even what they necessarily want, but it's what they're stuck with because they have yeah. about 10% of the guys can actually work. The rest are all uh, guys who have been trained in that bullshit uh, NXT uh, abortion or their, uh, you know, uh, recycled retreads who uh, maybe never learned how to work in the first place. And uh, they have to keep... Well, uh, that's, that's my well, opinion I, I think, anyway. Well, I think that's just a product of the environment. I mean, they don't need guys to 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 be a general in a ring anymore because they have a room full of generals in the back. Yeah, it's like my dad used to say, uh, you know, uh, you can't have an orgasm when it's all all artificial insemination. You know, like, uh, you know, most (laughs) of those guys are are, uh, not capable of, uh, you know, getting their dicks hard if they try. (laughs) That's my, my, uh, you know, opinion of it, you know, but... uh, um, like b- back in the day, you know, as Terry would tell you, and uh, you would say, Johnny, uh, it was unthinkable to somebody come up and give you a script. And, uh, you know, if somebody came up to Dory or Terry or Harley or any of those guys before a match and somebody said, you're doing uh, 45 minutes or 60 minutes tonight, and uh, they gave you 20 pages of little stick man diagrams and high spots, you know, uh, they would have told you to shove it back then, you know, but that's kind yeah, of the that, norm but, down. But I think, I think what Terry's saying too is, is back in that day, you know, I know when I first started, uh, and Bill Watts and Leroy McGurk were so gracious to me and fed me guys every night to teach me. And if I had to go out and do 40 minutes with a, a Moose Morawski or a Vic Rosatani or, or the assassins, or somebody like that, they took you out and taught you in that 45 minutes. And today, it's somebody in the back's teaching you because they're telling you exactly how to do it. You know, and I think that's the that's, that's the major that's difference. That's the difference. Today. Well, yeah. the big thing that's I the noticed. Difference. The big thing I noticed, uh, just from my casual yeah. perspective, is half the guys that are uh, telling you uh, what to do and all that haven't learned as my dad would say how to wipe their ass yet you know they have those guys have no business uh giving guys tips on psychology they're like the proverbial eunuchs in the whorehouse they know all about it but they've never done it they got all these uh you know uh script writers and smart marks and guys who are barely uh in the prelims uh going around uh Telling guys how to work and how to get heat and all this other crap, and uh, you know, half the time uh, they got no business uh, telling anyone anything. That, that's a big part of the problem, for what I've seen. You know, you know, but yet we have to look at. You know, I mean, I'm in total agreement with you, but yet you look, and here you go ahead, and you see these figures on them. And they're doing fifteen thousand here, eighteen thousand here, fifteen thousand there, twenty thousand here, ten thousand there, 
and it just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, I think uh, I, I guess it's I a different. I don't. I don't like. I don't like what they are doing. I don't like their idea of wrestling compared to my idea of wrestling. But uh, you you have to remember that they are successful. Yeah, and I often pose the question. Uh, I, I think. And I uh, with, mean that. I don't mean that. No, like, no, no. I like I think our with, I like our way much better. Yeah, I think with social media and all this other, which is tailor made for the wrestling business, my belief it should be the wrestling should be better than it's ever been. By now, with all those things that are uh, at its disposal, instead it's. Yes. Uh, it's struggling to uh, survive, uh, having to reinvent themselves. As I said before, they're they're not sure whether they want to be uh, a comedy or a soap opera or tits and ass or uh, hardcore. Or, uh, yeah. And if you can't define what the hell you are seeking to be yourself, then uh, I don't know whether you stand a great chance of uh, compelling the marks. You know, that's way you know. Uh, all too often when I see their stuff, I, I go like, uh, it's pretty obvious somebody doesn't know what the hell is going on. Like, if you go to great lengths to have them take something seriously, like Randy Orton or Brock Lesnar, and then you got uh, right after that Hornswoggle getting spanked by uh, the great Kelly, or you got uh, that Adam Rose and the bunny rabbit and a bunch of girls looking like some retreads from the Rocky Horror Show or some horseshit. And, Which, uh, I want to know who is Adam Rose. Which oh, he's the guy that? who comes out with a lollipop in his mouth and he has like an entourage including uh, a bunny <laughs> rabbit and um, a bunch of girls that look like kind of overweight skanky hoes and uh, a bunch of well, other... I need to tune in and watch that and see who the hell that is. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, that sounds a, pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, beyond everything else, if and when you sorority, do some like it's a sorority party, you know, I mean that's what it is. Yeah. This is a sorority party, you know, it's off the of campus. Yeah, and it's not that well orchestrated either. Like uh, my dad always used to say, at some point you should be able to define your purpose or. You know, if you advocate something, you know, there should be some reason or whatever, but half that stuff uh, doesn't appear to be any reason or no, it has no. nothing to do with anything, you know. Uh, so, but... Uh, <laughs> well, Seinfeld got away with that for years, right? So, I mean, it it, it does work in other avenues, you know. Yeah. yeah, even Seinfeld always had, a, you know, at some point that, you know, all came together at the end of there. You know, there was some kind of, uh, you know, kind something, of uh, uh, something to wrap it up or tie it uh, together. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, uh, I, and and I I hate that you said those words, but I know that uh, that Terry uh, made me promise the other day. I know he has a, an agenda this evening, and we had him on. And and Terry, we've been on an hour and a half. It's a two-hour show, but we've been on an hour and a half, and. And you asked me if I'd try to get you on and off, and so at an hour and a half, I'm going to let you uh, uh, sort of say your goodbyes and your final comments, and and Bruce and I'll look forward to the next time we get to speak. That sounds, you know, is uh, I enjoy it. 
I enjoy it. I enjoy having, uh, you know, of us trying to have as 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 true of a look as we can at the business, you know, and uh, what it has become and what it is and uh, what it's going to be, and it's uh, that's not an easy task in the world of wrestling. Wrestling takes on so many faces, you know, especially in 2010 or 2020 or whenever it might be, you know. I mean, it's just, it's evolved into something that uh, I'm not, and it's evolved quickly, too. And I'm not so sure that we can even stay up with it. Uh, Nor can we... You know, we haven't been able to hold it back or get a rein on it and uh, bring it back to what we like and what we love and what we felt it should be and feel that it always should be, you know. And uh, I think that we have, I, I love the view that you two guys have of the profession because it's very parallel to my views of what wrestling should be. And if I you think were Terry, we're part ever... of an era, and I think that that uh, was a great era. I'm not sure that we're ever going to see it again. And I doubt if, if we will. If you were ever giving your uh, old friend Virgil or some of the other, <laughs> you know, uh, people that have Vinny's ear uh, advice about just the direction you think they maybe should be taken, and what would you tell them? Would I tell them what direction to take? Yeah, just and uh, I would. Can... I would, well, you know, is 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 to be very honest with you. Is uh, even myself, you know, I mean, because of what I have to look at, and uh, the options that I have which are few and none, is uh, I'm not so sure I know where to take it. Does that make sense to you or not? Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, yeah, especially given the... Because uh... what I have to look at, and you got to remember that we have to take it from what it is now and change yeah, it. And... I had the opportunity to take it from what it is now and change it. Uh, I'm not so sure where it needs to go. If it's so nuts now, you know, I mean, it's it's not nuts, but it's uh, it damn you sure be, is. Uh, would you be going back to the proverbial middle of the road, or would you be going back uh, more to hardcore, or more extreme, or more uh, in the middle that, that, finishes? That's a damn good. That's a damn good question. You know, it's. Could you go back to the middle of the road and be uh, hardcore too? I think I think that's a question that's hard to answer unless you're sitting behind the wheel oh. and you see the road and the yeah. course you're on. I think that's sort of. A I think hard I've had that there. conversation with Terry before, but hardcore for, just for the sake of hardcore doesn't mean fuck all. You know, it's that's uh, exactly o- right. oxymoron. In the old days, and Terry and I had that conversation yes, more than did. a few times um, 
hardcore was just the byproduct of the build-up, you know, you know, and these guys having a whole ma- a card of extreme rules matches or some yeah. bullshit like that is, well, you know, you know a contradiction. To, yeah, hardcore and, and, to me and hardcore to a lot of guys at the time. Whenever it was uh, the word hardcore entered into the business, was just hey, you go out there and you give the fans their money's worth. You give them everything oh, yeah. that you possibly can. It was the build-up, you know. If you had a damn cage match or you had blood yeah. or you had uh, uh, Texas death match or something, uh, it was the culmination of something, and you, and you couldn't do it every night either, you know. And the guys who were trying to do that every night are the guys who uh, crashed and burned like the Sheik and that where they're just having juice for the sake of having juice or having barbed wire matches and cage matches and all that. If you didn't have some pretext or real, uh, reason to have it, then you shouldn't have been doing it, you know. And uh, Yeah, hardcore uh, was, was very, you know, hardcore was... Giving the people there's money's worth. That's what I, you know, hardcore had different meaning to different people. And yeah, to me, was... hardcore is uh, going out there and giving 100% every night, busting your ass for those fans. If they paid 20 bucks, you give them 20 bucks worth of, and of you your got body. Some, uh, you got some issue between you and, uh, you know, if you're the heel and the face, you know, it's at the boiling point, then, then you get color then you have to be in a cage or you have to be a lumberjack or, or whatever the hell but uh yeah. just ha- just having like uh, you and i were i remember i think it was down in la with that uh abortion that was uh it's one of those i think it was down in that xpw but every single match on that card they had uh barbed wire and thumbtacks and fluorescent light bulbs and swords and I, I, I think it was you and Sabu down there, but uh, by the end of the night, they had had so much so-called hardcore and bullshit that nothing meant anything. It was like uh, a, a complete uh, caricature of whatever the hell it was, you know. And uh, yeah. I think that was part of the problem that they had in ECW. They got to that point where uh, that's all they were doing was, you know, sticks and barbed wire and juice yeah. and stuff and uh they lost sight of the you know what the hell what we... hardcore is hardcore yeah. is hardcore is giving 100 percent and uh busting your ass for your business and giving the people their money's worth seeing seeing that they walk out of the door at the end of the night and they say by god i loved it I'm yeah and i gotta come back week. yeah uh, i'm and, uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's hardcore hey terry you uh you, you, uh, I need you to be sure and gear up. I know the cold weather that Bruce and all the Canadians are sending to us are going to hit us this week, and I know it's going <laughs> to. I know there's nothing between you and and uh, the Canadian yeah, border, but a barbed wire fence, and so I want you yeah. and and Miss Vicky up there to be sure and get uh, bundled up and stay plenty warm this week, will you? Well, we will, and I don't want Bruce to blow blow by us and down down where you live. <laughs> well, if he does, he'll pick. If he does, he'll pick you up and bring you to my house, Terry. Yeah, I'll just I'll just roll right down there with him. Uh, <laughs> in closing, Terry, how how is Junior doing? A long time since he's I've heard. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's got a school down there. He does very well with it. He uh, 
does a great job. Uh, I'm sure I, I don't have the telephone number, but I know that he takes students all the time down there, and it's one of the most successful schools in the country. And uh, I'm glad he's. He must a be good job. He does a good job of teaching kids, you know, and that's that's what he does. Well, if well, you're talking to him, give him our best, you know. Uh, I'd love to get him on the I show sure sometime, would. but, you know, uh, hear some of the stories. So, But I'd yeah. uh, like to thank you very much, Terry, for coming on. It's uh, always an honor. and uh, always, It's uh, an honor to be on the show with you guys. And uh, um, it's just uh I love my life. I love what I've been. I love what I do. Uh, since I was five years old, I always wanted to be a wrestler. You know, I got my wish, and I'll tell you what is, I've loved every minute of it, and uh, loved all you... of the loved all of the people that I have met in it. I've been around that I've competed against, that have paid a buck to watch me, and. Uh, that's it. Life has been great. Terry, if I if I could send one through the phone, buddy, I'd give you a handshake and a hug, man. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Well, thank you guys for going ahead and having me. Thanks very much, Terry. I'll look forward to the next time and uh, give our love to Vicky. I will. And Stacy and Brandy. <laughs> All right, I Good night, will. Terry. You, guys, you guys stay out of trouble. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much. All right, Terry Funk on tonight on Heartbeat Radio with Bruce and I. And, of course, Alexis Smirnoff called in for a few minutes. And, Bruce, I I, I knew I had promised uh, 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 Terry that I'd try to get him off early. And, and I do have a caller that's calling in. I know I got a note from Bob, and I know he wanted to get on with Terry. But, uh, uh, Terry, you know, you had had me contact Terry and make sure we were all on the same page. And he wanted to come in and and tell us a few stories and talk to you and I. And and uh, I got him off a few minutes later than he wanted to be off tonight, but uh, I apologize for that. But I got a, I got a Chris Gilman calling in from Tennessee tonight. Chris, how are you? Johnny Mantell and Bruce Hart. Hey, Johnny. Bruce, how, how are you guys doing this evening? Uh, I'm good. doing good, Chris. Nice to hear from you. And, uh, how are you doing? Doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. Uh, always a pleasure being on. And uh, unfortunately, I missed Terry just by what two or three minutes now. But uh, uh, absolutely enjoyed um, listening in. Um, I believe, and actually, uh, Bob and I were having this conversation during the show um, through text and through Facebook. Uh, that anyone that wasn't listening into the show, especially young kids in this business should have been listening into the show, especially um, just because of what could have been learned in that. Yeah, that's some, that's a theme that Johnny and I and Terry were sort of, is, that's one of the things that threatens the uh, survival of the business. And my estimation is there's not that passing of the information and all the uh, whatever from the... Uh, old guys to the next generation you know like we were talking about back in the day there was all these old uh legends you know when i was a kid uh guys like 
Luthez and Whipper Watson and guys from back in the 30s and that era were uh, still uh, still around and they'd be schooling you and uh, and you know that's something that's missing you know I don't know whether uh, it's possible for anything like that to be you know kind of brought back to the business or not but I remember uh, I imagine Johnny when you were breaking in there was a lot of these old uh, veterans in and around Texas or whatever or Oklahoma or wherever you worked and they'd probably be uh, giving you advice and telling you to slow down or whatever you do do it for a reason or you know, uh, don't do this, do that, and all that kind of thing, you know. And uh, Well, I think, you know, you and I have talked about it a lot, and, and Chris, I'm sure you'll agree. I think the, you know, again, we've talked tonight sort of comparisons and differences and that kind of stuff, and and I think, you know, our comment earlier about what Ric Flair said and the comment in the dress room up there and, and Terry bringing it up, that there were so many guys when I broke in that mentored me and, and passed, the knowledge on they they weren't passing the you know passing the reins over they weren't giving me the the wagon to drive they were just passing that knowledge on and letting me run with the knowledge they gave me and I, and I think in today's world that's one of the things that's missing is these you know and Bruce you and I've said it a hundred times that oh. that uh, the young guys of today they don't have the opportunity to get in a car and make a three or four or five or six hour road trip with a car full of veterans that are going to teach them stuff outside the ring that later on that night when they do get back in the ring, even though they don't understand how it taught them that, they learn from it and take advantage of it that night in the ring. And, and that's, you know, they're just, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like I read I read about, you know, when I was a baseball player as a kid and, and uh, uh you know, in my day, you got your glove wet, you soaked it, then you rubbed it down with saddle soap, and then you tied a, ball, a, few, a couple, two, three balls in it, and tied it up and put it underneath your mattress for four or five days and let it dry out. And today there's a whole other substance of how to get a, a glove ready for a ball player to use. And so, I mean, it, it, as Terry said, times have changed and it's different, but it's still the same. You know, I remember Dickie Steinborn telling me as a junior high kid, in Florida, if that marquee says wrestling kid, you better do some. And and I think that, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the issues of today that you and I think about, Bruce, that we think about sad and different. But, you know, in reality, it is moving forward in somewhat. And like Terry said, if you take what Vince draws and you take what MMA draws and add those totals up, maybe those totals together do beat the 30 some territories of the past, but, uh, they're going to be, it, it's, it, they're not going to beat us by much. I don't think that they draw close, frankly, but, uh, the, the bigger issue I have is I'm not sure if they're able to sustain it. You know, that's the, uh, like, even if you were drawing, like say baseball or football had reduced it to where they, come to any one place once a year and uh, they they were doing uh, mega pay-per-views in Yankee Stadium or wherever the hell uh, you know uh, 10 times a year 12 times uh, you know 
I think that the grassroots would have been so uh, eroded that at some point the uh, the whole thing would start kind of uh, being in jeopardy of uh, going under, and that's where I sort of see the the wrestling. And I've said that for years, but at some point I think you need to reestablish the grassroots. You know, uh, regardless of the pay-per-views and the 24-7 network and all the other bullshit, you know, to me that's all sort of frills. But uh, if you don't have uh, your fan base uh, getting uh, a regular fix of wrestling and you don't have uh, guys coming up that are going to, you know, be the next generation of Rick Flair's and Terry Funk's and Harley races and all like that. Then I think the whole thing, uh, you know, right now it's smoke and mirrors. And to me, I see a lot of workers that uh, would not have even been able to crack the roster back in the day, and they're being pushed as stars. And uh, at some point, you know, you, you can only push that type of crap so far. And biggest indication to me that it is. Uh, failing is that they keep have to keep having to bring back old guys you know be it the rock or Shawn michaels or mick foley or flair or uh you know whatever you know i just keep seeing the same old same old same old recycled and any of the guys that are coming up that are supposed to be the next generation of this NXT like the Adam Roses and the uh, the Bray Wyatts and all like that uh, after their gimmick or whatever seems to wear thin uh, they seem to f- fade into oblivion and then uh, we're bringing Hulk Hogan back or we're bringing uh, you know, Shawn Michaels or whoever back for uh, re- the next Wrestlemania and, to me, those are telltale signs that the uh, the product as it is is uh, not what it should be. You know, at some point, I think, I don't know, I've said that for years. I think at some point they need to seriously address re-sowing the seeds at the grassroots where you're actually going out and re-establishing wrestling in uh not just in North America, but in England and Japan and Australia and all these other places. Like you would know, uh, I certainly know I was in all those places, and there was territories that were thriving in England and uh, Europe and uh, Australia, New Zealand. I was over there with Steve Rickard, Japan, all those places, and uh, there's nothing like that around today, you know. Uh, so it's kind of like the best of times, the worst of times. They got social media and they got TV and they got uh, all these things that are uh, tailor-made for promoting the product. And yet the product that they're promoting is this flawed kind of threadbare uh, smart mark aberration that uh, is nothing like what it should be, you know, and... Uh, at some point, I think they need to actually seriously uh, sit their asses down and uh, almost go back to square one, reestablish uh, what, you know, amongst themselves, define what the hell wrestling is. Is it is it tits and ass, or is it uh, a comic comic relief, or is it uh, supposed to be real, or you know, 
at some point, uh, y- you have to define what it is, and you don't let the tail wag the dog. You don't have. It drives me nuts when I go to a wrestling show and I got a bunch of these jerk off smart mark a holes going, "Holy shit, are you fucked up?" Or you know, to me that that's letting the tail wag the dog. You know, you got a bunch of those idiots. Oh, we better do a high spot or some bullshit like that. You know, uh, in the old days, a guy like yourself or your brother Kenny or Harley or Terry, you, you never let a uh, bunch of idiots like that dictate what you're doing in the ring. You know, but. I see that all the time. Guys uh, go out there and the marks go, holy shit, are you fucked up or whatever. And, oh, we we better, uh, you know, change, you know, the script or whatever. You know, it drives me nuts, that stuff. But I think at some point uh, the powers that be, whether that's Vince or Hunter or whoever, they need to defi- re- redefine amongst themselves. And it's pretty obvious they, they don't seem to have any uh, kind of they're not in agreement. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having bullshit like Adam Rose or Hornswoggle or the Great Kelly or uh, the Divas and all the other bullshit. You know, uh, if, if you're doing that, then you wouldn't be having serious stuff like uh, Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. You know, you, you, at, at some point, you got to sort of uh, figure out what it is that you're seeking to. Uh, put across and I don't see that happening you know it seems to be uh, like we said before too many cooks in the damn kitchen and if you have too many then very rarely is the meal worth eating yeah hey Chris uh, you want to shoot a little opinion in we got about six or seven minutes left Uh, shoot something in and we'll get out of here tonight Yeah, uh, quite honestly, I mean, just to kind of reiterate what you guys were saying I mean I I don't watch the current product um I really have no use for the current product. I mean, it's just the same, you know, bullshit, day in, day out, night in, night out, um, in year in, year out. I mean, they've been doing the, the same um, horseshit for, for how long? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, um, it's I mean, like it's pulling really pulling rabbits out of a hat. You know, they don't seem to know what the hell they're pulling out themselves. You know, at some point, uh, you have to define it. You can't uh, let the smart marks or you know the script writers or the guys that got fired from the soap operas or whatever, uh, <laughs> you know, dictate what you're doing. You know, and yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, at some point, the uh, some sanity or some somebody will kind of uh, cut to the chase and call a spade a spade or uh, whatever, and uh, you know redefine. And uh, it's easier said than done. You know, uh, they need to go back to the drawing board. They need to reestablish workers. They need to resow the seeds at the grassroots. They need to reestablish their fan base. They need to stop telling all the fans who didn't want to know in the first place that it's a fucking work. You know, let them believe if they want to believe and stop referring to it as effing sports entertainment or whatever the hell. Just call it effing wrestling and uh, let's go back to... uh, But my dad told me they did that back in the late 40s, early 50s, after all the gimmicks and the gorgeous Georgia and the bullshit, and, you know, they they had to uh, kind of re-establish their brand, and uh, 
they succeeded, and you figure they would have learned from that lesson uh, 40 years later, but instead they uh, kind of uh, are still in that kind of, uh, you know, bullshit uh, direction. And at some point they got to kind of, uh, I think, go back to uh, reestablishing wrestling and let people believe whatever the hell they want and uh but that's just my opinion but i'm sure uh, a lot of uh the boys and a lot of the old fans would probably uh reiterate that yeah hey chris be sure and uh tell everybody up tennessee way that uh we said hello and hope everybody's preparing for this uh winter blast we're getting ready to have absolutely uh always a pleasure being on and and uh Thank you both for having me. I do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I look forward to next time Chris and uh, Bob Johnson tells me we were going to be doing a, a Tennessee-themed show in the near future. He's uh, looking to bring uh, some of the legendary uh, Tennessee types on there, uh, yourself included, and I'll look forward to that. Absolutely. I do as well. Um ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, all the best, Chris, and I'll look forward to uh, talking to you in the, in the near future. As do I. Take care, guys. You Thanks, too. Chris. God bless. All right, man. We're Bruce, you and I are under three minutes. We're closing in on just a couple minutes left. Uh, some closing comments from tonight? Yeah, I'd just like to thank you, Johnny, for uh, did an awesome job as usual. Uh, and... Uh, I certainly uh, enjoyed uh, just hearing the perspectives of Terry and and uh, Michelle Dubois, Alexis Smirnoff, and Chris. You know, uh, and uh, we didn't have too many phone-ins tonight. It was uh, pri- primarily just talking and listening to Terry. So, uh, but I like to invite all the listeners. Next time we'll be, uh, you know, having. Uh, more opportunity for them to uh, come on and uh, give us some of their perspectives. And Absolutely. Terry Terry wanted to have a night with you and I, and he wanted to say hello to his old friend, and, and uh, I think he got that, and, and uh, well-deserved. You know, Terry's one of those guys that deserves what he gets and wants today, and, and uh, uh, I was sure obliged to do it, and, and I want to thank you and the Heartbeat Radio and the Powerhouse Radio, everybody, for uh, giving us this platform. Thanks very much, Johnny. I uh, I look forward to having uh, you on in the near future again. Uh, Always a pleasure, and uh, we've just barely scratched the surface. It's all kinds of uh, Calgary and uh, Texas stories. Uh, I'd love to uh, kick around with you, so... uh, I look forward to next time. I uh, give my uh, very best to Kay, and uh, I'm still looking forward to uh, sampling the uh, the beef jerky if, 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 uh, they, if they ever don't, if find they don't its way me, up here. If they don't give us some information tomorrow, I'll have another one on the way to you, buddy. So uh, good night to you, Bruce. And I, and I got to say for everybody out there listening, next week on Heartbeat Radio, their special guest is going to be Dominic DiNucci, and what a guest he'll be. He's one of the old school guys we've been talking about tonight and a funny funny guy and i can't wait to uh hear his stories and what he's going to talk about 
Yeah, I'm, I'm told that maybe there'll be some of his cronies, hopefully maybe even Bruno or some of the others coming on. So anybody that was in New York in the 60s would know Dominic Danucci and uh, some of those other legendary guys that were uh, around at that time. So that's, that should be a real treat for any of the uh, people from that era. Absolutely. Bruce, we've killed an hour. Good night, everybody, from Heartbeat Radio. All the best.